G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. The Corinthian culture was basically no holes barred, do whatever mm. you like. It's obviously the Corinthian church, as you said, you know, they're coming out of this culture and then trying to wrestle with you know, what they should or shouldn't do in regards to food. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. The topic of acceptable and unacceptable foods has been quite a long-running and heated topic within the Christian church. There are some really simple answers found in Scripture, but most of the time we hold to one or two passages rather than putting them all together to understand the broader application. Last time we learned about the confusion within the Colossian church and how they pretty much imposed on themselves of their own volition uh, different manners of restrictions, um, thinking that somehow those um, ascetic or monastic or, you know, the self-denying, self-humiliating mm. uh, kind of um, uh, restrictions and behaviours, that that would somehow make them more spiritual, uh, a little more pious and elite in their faith within their own faith community. And Paul was pretty blunt. He just said, stop it. Don't do that. <laughs> and he actually went so far as to tell them that no one was to judge another believer over what they ate or drank or how they celebrated Sabbaths or festivals or new moons. They were not allowed to judge one another. That had to stop. And of course, uh, they weren't the only church that were struggling with this. The Corinthian church was at the other end of the spectrum. The Colossian church was saying, well, we'll restrict everything. On the other hand, the Corinthians had no restraint and really no consideration for their Christian brothers and sisters. Yeah, exactly. Because you had the Colossians saying, oh, we can't do this and we can't do that. And we can't eat this. and We can't eat that. And we've got to do all these other things to be spiritual. And the Corinthians were basically saying, hey, everything is good and we're going to just take it all for ourselves. Mm. I mean, they went to the other extreme. They were just unbelievably greedy and self-gratifying in yeah. everything. But you've got to remember, too, that the Corinthian church was, they were in a very permissive, self-indulgent and very promiscuous society. Mm. Pleasing and gratifying self was, was actually the cultural maxima of the day. The city of Corinth itself is nestled, it's a seaport, but it was nestled at the base of a huge mountain. And on the top of this mountain was a massive temple to Aphrodite. And basically the worship of Aphrodite, the way a devotee would worship, was basically to indulge in sex. Mm. There were temple prostitutes, male and female, that worked in the temple, and basically it was just go for it. Mm. It was a very self-indulgent, self-gratifying society. So if this is the mindset of the people, they come to faith in Christ, they realize they've got liberty in Christ, and so what do they do? They go, fantastic. Mm. And so they basically just gave themselves no restrictions. I mean, there were temples to Apollo, which was the worship of a fortune-telling oracle in Corinth as well, as well as there was um, a temple to Asclepian, the Greek god of healing. There were sanctuaries to different uh, Greek gods such as Demeter and Kore, and also uh, many to they had to worship the different Caesars. Corinthian culture was basically no holes barred, do whatever mm. you like. And so obviously the Corinthian 
church, as you said, you know, they're coming out of this culture and then trying to wrestle with you know, what they should or shouldn't do in regards to food. Absolutely. They, they know they've got to stop sinning, but then they're taught about liberty and freedom in Christ. I mm. mean, I can imagine that would have been a difficult thing for yeah. them. And, of course, they get the Holy Spirit poured out upon them and they see that as God is pleased with what we're doing yeah. and how we're living. And Paul, good on Paul. How, what a great pastor he was having to teach them, mm. no, 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 no. Being a Christian is about being selfless, not selfish, putting mm. the needs of others yeah. ahead of ourselves. So they could worship the true God, but they had to learn how to be controlled in how mm. they conducted their daily lives. So, of course, Paul talks a lot about this in the books of Corinthians, First and Second Corinthians, but there's a passage in First Corinthians 8 that I'll read from verse 9. It says, Take care that this liberty of yours doesn't somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone sees you who have knowledge dining in an idol's temple, will not his conscience, if he's weak, be strengthened to eat things sacrificed to idols? For through your knowledge, he who is weak is ruined, the brother for whose sake Christ died. And so by sinning against the brothers and wounding their conscience when it's weak, you sin against Christ. Wow. Therefore, if food causes my brother to stumble, I'll never eat meat again, so that I'll not cause my brother to stumble. That's such a serious statement that he mm. makes. If I cause my brother to stumble by my own... Just being flippant. Just with... by being flippant mm. and not considering them, I'm actually sinning against Christ. Yeah. The council in Jerusalem, remember we learned about that, in their ruling to Gentile believers, included the instruction for them to not eat food offered to idols. And we, we looked at that. Why is that? It's a really bad look, mm. okay, to both other Christians and to non-Christians. And Paul explained this. We already know that false gods don't exist. Therefore, if you offer a piece of meat or you offer an animal to that false god, well, the false god is nothing, so you're offering your meat to nothing. Mm. So he's saying, look, the meat is just meat. The idol is nothing, but it's not nothing in the eyes of everybody mm. around us. Yeah, that's right. And so therefore, for the sake of conscience, other people's and your own, we are supposed to consider the consequences of eating that food because it's kind of like aligning with the mm. offering and the false god if you eat it. Okay, so if a brother or sister who really doesn't understand those particular concepts and understand the truth sees a Christian eating something that they know they shouldn't, they may then think, oh, well, if they can eat something that's offered to an idol, I can eat something offered to mm. an idol. And then you're leading your brother to stumble and to do something wrong, ruining a younger Christian. And Paul, he, he just kind of said, no, absolutely not. You don't go that way. Well, Paul was a very mature Christian. He knew, uh, as you're saying about you know, eating meat offered to a non-existent God didn't really mean anything. But even he said that he would rather uh, not cause a brother to stumble and he'd rather not eat meat ever again if it meant ensuring that someone's conscience wasn't defiled. Absolutely. And you can see, I mean, remember Paul said, I'll be all things to all men. Mm. You know, even when we have learned that it's not necessary to become circumcised in order to become saved. Mm. But remember, we actually, he actually, knowing he was going to go in amongst religious Jews who weren't believers and was going to take Timothy with him, he actually made sure that Timothy mm. was circumcised. Not because Timothy needed it for salvation, but because he didn't want there to be anything yeah. that would hinder the Jewish people he was going to share the gospel with to be, that would be a stumbling block exactly. for them. 
the needs of the other is far more important than the needs of ourself. Well, Paul goes into this in more detail in 1 Corinthians 10. So he proposes this hypothetical situation. In verse 24, he says, Let no one seek his own good, but that of his neighbour. Eat anything that's sold in the meat market without asking questions for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. If one of the unbelievers invites you and you want to go, eat anything that's set before you without asking questions for conscience sake. But if anyone says to you, this is meat sacrificed to idols, don't eat it. For the sake of the one who informed you and for conscience sake. I mean not your own conscience, but the other man's. Mm. For why is my freedom judged by another's conscience? Basically, Paul is saying, if you eat food that's provided to you, just simply thank them for it and their generosity. Don't ask any questions. Just be thankful and eat it. But if they happen to inform you that the food was actually offered to an idol, was used in in some way, in some form or another, in an ungodly way, and it was compromising, don't eat it. Okay, and you might think, well, that that could offend the person. What kind of a witness? What kind mm. of an example are you being? Surely, surely we should just eat it and not offend them. Paul actually said, don't do that. Mm. He said to eat it, knowing the truth of it. He said that would be a bad witness. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yep. you can't you can't take that risk. Mm. Sort of put your head in the sand. <laughs> yeah. So I guess what would it be then like if the person giving the food? is a Christian, perhaps you know, maybe they're a server or a waiter, they know you're a believer, they tell you the food is tainted through offering it to an idol. How would you respond there? Well, Paul actually says don't eat the food. Mm. And again, let's just say that it is a non-Christian who is providing the food. You've just been informed by a believer that the food is compromised in some way. Well, again, if you're in that situation, should you just eat the food so you don't offend the unbeliever? I mean, you want to win the the, mm. the unbeliever to Christ and the, the Christian, well, they need to get over themselves. Mm. They're already no Christ. No, Paul said no. Mm. And he, he said it's for their conscience. It's for your conscience. It's so everybody knows, listen, there. when you're a Christian, there is a standard. There's a basis and a framework for our moral and spiritual and social choices and decisions. And the world is watching. And if the world is watching us compromise so that we can be their friends, mm. they don't look at us and go, wow, what a high standard you've got. You said when it's convenient for you or it's uncomfortable, mm. you'll compromise, even if it hurts your own members of your own group. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. Paul is basically saying, no, you don't compromise. You guard your conscience. You guard the conscience of your family, your brother or sister. Mm. And then that in itself is a witness to an unbelieving world that says these people stick together, they have a standard, and they still love me, and they still want to reach out to me, but they don't compromise. Mm. That is something you can respect. Even if you don't understand it, you'll respect it. Well, that brings today's program to a close, but a reminder that you can listen back to today's episode and others that you might have missed via the free Vision app. If you don't already have it on your device, just search Vision Christian Media on your app store to download it. You can also listen again on our website. Just go to vision.org.au forward slash foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 